There might be fewer players, but there's never a lack of exciting action. This is the statewide Idaho 8-Man Prepcast with Brandon Bainey and Paul Kingsbury. That's right. It's another edition of the Idaho 8-Man Prepcast on IdahoSports.com, brought to you by the Idaho Division of Public Health. I'm Brandon Bainey, Paul Kingsbury, nowhere to be found. So once again, I'm very pleased and delighted to bring in Will Henneke, who is a, a good uh, source for eight-man info. Will, thank you again for stepping into Pinch Hit. We appreciate it. No problem. Glad to be here. Okay. Well, let's, I mean, let's dive right into it. Normally, we uh, would say, uh, here's how the teams did last week. But when you've got a matchup like Castle Ford at Cary, both teams 6-0, and both teams undefeated, it's on IdahoSports.com. I mean, we got to start there. This is going to be a fantastic matchup on Friday. Uh, you know, on paper, it looks tremendous. Uh, I think the X factor is, you know, Kerry has been through many of these before. Uh, you know, they they get everybody's best punch every year, and and Castle Ford they have to they have to prove that they can handle the spotlight, if you will. And I think beating Dietrich earlier in the year was a, a was a positive first step for him. But you know, they're stepping into a little bigger a little bigger ring this time around, and I think they're good enough. Uh, the question is, like I said, when that when that spotlight gets a little bit brighter, we're talking about, you know, 15, 16, 17-year-old kids. Sometimes you just don't know how they're going to respond. Uh, I'm sure Coach Lowry and his staff are going to do a great job having those kids prepared. But, you know, you're walking right into the, you know, into the lion's den, so to speak, even though Kerry isn't the lions. But, you know, you're, you're walking into the big mat there. You're walking, you're going to be wrestling with the big boys there. So, It'll be uh, it'll be a very interesting game to watch for sure. That that is the story of the week in one A D two football, no doubt about it. Carry won last week, fifty eight nothing over Camas County. Castle Ford had the week off, and otherwise the usual suspects kind of dominated. They're winning the games they're supposed to, right? North Gem beats Water Springs, sixty two to twenty four. Mullen St. Regis beats Clark Fork, sixty two to twenty two. Uh, Horseshoe Bend picked up a win via forfeit uh, by Tri Valley. Uh, you had Kendrick shutting out Timberline, fifty-four nothing. So we're, we're we're kind of seeing it, Will. Right? We mm-hmm. thought at the start of the year there was probably going to be like six or seven teams that that had a chance, and it's really playing out that way. I think it is. I think that top six and and maybe seven, but I think that top six for sure. I would say the top five in the state rankings and Mullen St. Regis, who just kind of seems to be the the oddball in that they're in District One. It's not a disrespectful thing because that team can play. But, you know, Kendrick, Carey, Castleford, you know, these are the teams we've been talking about all year. And like you say, you know, North Gem just doing what they do, you know, Bridger Hatch left, Bridger Hatch right to for 450 yards or whatever it was last week. So it's when we get to state playoff time, there are going to be tests, there are going to be battles. Uh, but I, I think we're kind of figuring out we've got a pretty good idea of, of who the teams that are going to be playing well into November will be. Yeah, uh, Bridger Hatch, 442 yards, 21 yards per carry, new school record. So that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's he's putting himself right there in the mix for, you know, 1A Division II State Player of the Year conversation. And that's become a crowded field because I think you got to look at Connor Simpson, uh, you know, over 800 yards and 20 touchdowns. You've got to look at Eric Taylor, you know, the multi-purpose Castle Ford, you know, it's, uh, you know, rushing, passing, dual threat quarterback. He's over 50 tackles. Uh, I, I think you have to look at, at Ty Kep in Kendrick. I mean, all he does, unless he's playing Oakley, but Oakley shuts everybody down. 
you know, all he does is throw for 300 yards and five touchdowns. You know what I mean? No big deal. And then, you know, you've got Adam Ball and Luke Trogdon, who I think are at Mullen St. Regis, who I think are both tremendous football players. But in terms of state player of the year notoriety, they may cannibalize each other a little bit because having them both on the same team keeps either one of them from getting 20, 25 carries a game because you've got two kids plus Caleb Ball, the quarterback, the, the three of them are all so dynamic. You know, there's only one football to move around. I think when it comes terms to winning state player of the year, that that they might kind of pick at each other a little bit. But but all three of those kids are excellent. All those kids that I've mentioned and others, you know, Drew Plocker over at Water Springs, over a thousand yards rushing and passing. Um, you know, there's a lot of tremendous, tremendous players out there. And when it comes time for coaches to vote for things like all state and state player of the year, there are a lot of different ways it can go. And I'm not entirely sure there's a wrong answer. Yeah. It's it, there's too many, too many talented players, too many talented teams. The problem with Mullen St. Regis, why they haven't been in the polls is they were in the polls to start the year. They lost their very first game. And then that, that top five has had such a stranglehold on it that they haven't Correct. been able to break back through. So. Correct. And then, you know, you get into like a, uh, you know, as a horseshoe bend, could somebody like Colton Meyer, is that somebody who could play his way with a strong finish into some strong uh, consideration from from coaches around the state? And 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 I think he could, you know, and, and you're right about Mullen St. Regis. And not only that, they haven't played anybody outside the panhandle yet. And that's not their fault. You can only play who's on your schedule. But you, you haven't really, you know, whereas... Horseshoe Bend went over and played Water Springs. You have some other crossover opportunities. Not too many people have seen Mullen St. Regis yet. And I think that, I mean, obviously they've they've already punched their ticket to for the state playoffs. Uh, so we will see them uh, and they'll have their opportunity to, to answer those questions in person, which I think is all Stetson Spooner and his players want is that opportunity. Um, but they just, they haven't had it yet. And it's coming. They'll get it. And and I think they've got a chance to do big things. Yeah. Their loss came to Thompson Falls, Montana. They're seven and zero in, mm, in Montana. That's a good team. That's a good team. And really they play team. they play another Montana team this week in, in Charlo. And uh Spooner, the, the head coach up there, said the thing that he likes about that is Charlo kind of spreads it out and wings it around a little bit. And not too many teams in District One uh, or District Two for that matter do it that much. You know, maybe Kendrick a little bit. Um, but you know, not too many teams really spread the field out. It's a lot of, a lot of power football up there. And so it'll give them a good look, uh, at a, at a different style of football as they prepare for the playoffs. Absolutely. Let me ask you real quick. So last week on the eight man prep cast, we had Logan green on and uh, he and I started looking at the brackets and, and starting to try to figure out this playoff puzzle. It's a lot easier at the one AD two level because it's all predetermined. You know how many teams are getting in from each league. You know where they're going on the bracket line. Do you do you like that, or do you think how one AD one is doing well, it, where we're we're going to seed teams and use rate max press ratings? Which which way do you prefer? You know, I I, I like. I think I would prefer the way that uh, in terms of of division winners and then at large. I think I like the way that. Uh, that Division One does it, and I'll use the example of Clark Fork, uh, the Wampus Cats. You know they're probably going to finish the year six and two, and not play in the postseason by virtue of the fact that they happen to share a one bid league with Mullen St. Regis. And 
you know, there are a couple of teams down here where, uh, you know, Water Springs at one and five is still very much alive. You know, a team like Camas County or, or Hanson who have struggled in the win-loss column, they're still alive for a playoff spot. And yet Clark Fork, who, like I say, they could finish six and two and they're a pretty good football team. They're, they're, they're already done. You know, they're already, you know, they, I think they play two more games and then they're turning in their gear and getting ready for basketball. So in that context, I think I prefer, okay, let's, let's give everybody's one seed a spot in. And then what's the number of at large? That becomes the question. Is it, is it four? Is it six? Is it eight? Is it whatever? That part could be, uh, that part could be discussed. And I think there are arguments for several different methods but I do think I like the idea of, uh, you know, I, I don't like teams knowing on, you know, October 7th or whatever the date was when, when Clark Fork lost that game. Well, essentially, we're done. We're having a good year. You know, we've got this big bully in our conference that we can't quite beat, but we're, we're done with two, three games to play. I, I, I just, I don't love that. It is what it is. But I don't love it. I'm with you. Two two big two big injustices have been done to uh, Division One up there when it comes to this D two bracket. First of all, only the one team getting in. Clark Fork absolutely should be a playoff team this year. Mm-hmm. The second one is is because the bracketing is predetermined. We already know that Mullen St. Regis more than likely is going to have to play the winner of the Cary Castleford game friday night which is awful that's terrible that they have to play them right away after a first round bye. that is a that's a big beast right out of the gate for both those teams i mean if yeah. i'm carrier castleford you know i don't know that i like looking at mullen st regis coming down the road at me and not some sort of a quote-unquote patsy or soft landing spot and we we've talked about it for years with the way the ihsaa has done it with the predetermined seating where you could potentially have the number one and the number two team in the state playing in the quarterfinals or the semifinals, you know, it, it's easier for parts of a bracket to get overloaded that way, my opinion, on a year-to-year basis. It's not going to happen every year. Some years it works out okay. Uh, but I remember one year in particular, there was a, uh, it was the 4A bracket where the the East and the, the South, the so District 4, 5, and 6 were loaded. And I mean loaded. And uh, I forget who it was that wound up coming out, Blackfoot or somebody like that. And on the other side, you know, the District 1, 2, and 3 wasn't quite as strong. And so Nampa kind of, they, you know, they got their way through and they earned a state championship. And I'm never going to begrudge a team for qualifying for a state championship. No team should ever be embarrassed about that. But by the time it got to the state championship game, it felt almost anticlimactic. Uh, and and it played out that way, as I believe it was Blackfoot. I could be mistaken. But, you know, it was one of those games that was a four-score game at halftime, and then you just kind of played out the string in the second half, and it, it didn't really feel like a state championship game, whereas Blackfoot's first-round game and second-round game, they felt like heavyweight knockout fights. You'd like to see Carey playing Mullen St. Regis in the semifinals or the championship and not the first round or, or castle Ford, whoever, uh, whichever matchup that happens to be. Um, and so that, that is a little bit of a flaw, if you will, in the, in the predetermined, and it doesn't happen every year. It doesn't happen in every classification, uh, but it does seem like there are plenty of examples where it does happen. Yeah, I agree. I just, we're to the point now where we, we should just be seeding the teams 
uh, one through whatever based mm-hmm. upon some sort of formula. Well, especially I, now we're getting more crossover games like the yeah. uh, the one a D two or the one a uh, eight man classic that they have at Middleton, where you're getting some of those teams from South Idaho and those teams from North Idaho, and they're meeting in the middle and playing. So you have a little bit of a better body of work and you got Kendrick involved in that this year. And, um, you know, you get, uh, you know, you try and get maybe a couple of more of those crossover ish type games where you can get a little better feel horseshoe Ben playing water Springs. That would be another one. As we pick up a few more of those games from time to time and the willingness that some of these teams are now displaying to just meet in the middle, um, you know, that, that Kendrick Oakley game in Parma, uh, the Idaho eight-man classic being played in Middleton, uh, allowing for that kind of, I, I think it really helps. Um, it, it really helps the eyeball test. You know, it really helps, you know, okay, they may be, they may be three and three, but boy, we know those three teams that beat them are all legitimate teams. So we know that that team can play. You know, I, I think that that is, I think that is the case. Yep, I, I I completely agree. There's one other interesting one AD two game Friday night in terms of it's a de facto playoff game. District two, the White Pine League this year gets two bids to the playoffs. Kendrick already has one spot pretty much locked up. Yep. The second spot is going to come down to whoever wins this game Friday night, and we hype as Lewis County takes on Timberline. Yeah, and I think a lot of people had their eyes on Timberline coming into the year. They got sidetracked a little bit by COVID, and they're still a talented football team, and they could still very easily win this game. Uh, I I like Lewis County. I like Ty Hambly. I like Gage Crow. I like what head coach Monty Madrell is doing there. Um, You know, when you're playing in some of those communities, you get what you have, and you accentuate your strengths. And they run the football pretty well. They've got a couple of pretty good athletes, and they run the football pretty well. Um, and I, I, I like their, uh, I like their chances in this game. And like you said, it's essentially a de facto playoff game. And you're seeing more of those now as you're looking at, for instance, Water Springs playing Rockland, since we're talking 182. If Water Springs can win that game, and I think they can with Drew Plocker and his teammates, I think they can win that game. If they win that game, things are really interesting over in, in District 5-6 as far as their playoffs, North Gem, we think, is getting through. Uh, but uh, is if there's a second spot to be had, which I believe there is. There's there's uh, there's three spots. So all three teams, I mean, whoever loses this game will will still we'll be, be in the a, three. We'll be okay. in a decent position, but they're they're going to have to travel to uh, for, for the opening round of the playoffs. They would have to travel to whoever wins the Cary Castle Ford game. So that's what they're playing for, avoiding okay. that monster. <laughs> okay, yeah. So yeah. and that's and that's a that's a sizable monster to avoid, uh, no <laughs> doubt about that. So, yep. um, so you're right. I mean, it's uh, that that's a good point. I didn't realize they had three. I thought they just had two. So it's not quite a a playoff game, but it's a seeding game, and it's um, you know there there's a big difference between being a two and a three in that setting. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So if we flip over to, to 1AD1, you know, kind of the same story that the teams that are supposed to be winning, quote unquote, supposed to be winning are, are Butte County beat Chalice 40 to 6. Oakley shut out Glens Ferry 64 nothing. You had Prairie. The, the big game, I think, was Prairie Lapway, right? Everybody was looking at, okay, these are the two best teams in the White Pine League. Prairie showed that, hey, we're still the top dog, 58 to 26, the final. What I was most interested to see, and, and you're right. Um, what I was most interested to see was Prairie's defense against Lapway's offense, because so far Lapway's offense is the only offense that has done anything against Oakley. 
in, you know, 30, whatever, 32 points, 34 points in that season opening game at Middleton in the, in the eight man classic there. Um, Oakley has given up 12 points total since then. Meanwhile, Lapway is averaging 50 points a game. So was this going to be a 52 48 type game? But, uh, what we saw is we saw the Prairie when it needs to, it can bow its neck a little bit defensively and it can make some plays. Um, you know, Brody Hasselstrom gets a lot of the, a, a lot of the accolades, but you know, Dalton Ross and some of those other guys, they got other kids who can play ball up there. And, uh, I was impressed with the defense, uh, basically keeping Lapway, limiting Lapway enough where the offense could, could build a lead and and then hold on for, you know, what was it, what was an important win. And, uh, if we look now at the one, a D one playoffs, uh, Kind of different from the D2 postseason where your five conference champs automatically get in four of the the top four of those five get a first round bye, and then the other six spots are all at large bids that are determined by the max preps rating system. Let, I'm going to run down the list of if the playoffs started today, these would be sure. the six at large teams and you tell me what you think in order. It would be Lapway, Grace, Murtaugh, Genesee, Glens Ferry, and potlatch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's, that sounds about right, given where they are. But with two weeks to go, there's still some uh, some changes that can happen. I think the one that might surprise people a little bit is Glens Ferry because they've only won. I think they're one in four, maybe yeah. maybe one in five. Uh, but, um, you know, they've got a couple winnable games coming up, build some of that momentum. And, you know, there is a, a strength of schedule component, as I understand it. And when you're playing in that league with Raft River, with Oakley, with Murtaugh, with if when that's who you're playing with, you're going to get a little bit of strength of schedule bump. So, um, you know, will they hold on to one of those six spots? You know, hard to say. Um, I do wonder if Wilder could play their way into it at four and two um, out of the Western Idaho Conference. You know, Rimrock. What about Rimrock? They play notice this week. If they win that game, I think that throws – First of all, it throws the Western Idaho Conference's automatic bid wide open. Uh, but number two, I think that that pushes Rimrock into the conversation uh, for a potential uh, at-large spot. And then, you know, Genesee with a chance to really solidify itself uh, this weekend um, when they when they take on Prairie, and that's going to be a tall order. But I think Genesee's a pretty good football team. Angus Jordan and Cy Wareham and Jack Johnson very quietly is having a really nice year for Genesee. Uh, and and you talk about important games, you know, that potlatch Kamei game. If Kamei wants to fight their way back into it, it starts Friday. They need to beat potlatch. And if they do, the, the, the road opens up a little bit for the Cubs because then they play Clearwater Valley next week. And while Clearwater Valley is no pushover, that's a game I think Kamei would expect to go into and be able to win. And if they win those two games, I got to think that they're probably in. Yeah, so there, there's a lot of movement still to be determined with these max preps ratings. The 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 two next teams that are just out are Wilder and Clearwater Valley. That's mm-hmm. another CV's another one in five team that's just played a gauntlet of a schedule. Oh, the, brutal! Yeah, brutal the, schedule, and they've been in a lot of those games too. They're not necessarily getting boat raced every week. Right, exactly. the 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 formula isn't perfect, Will, because you mentioned Rimrock, a team that should be closer to the playoff bubble than they are they're behind lighthouse christian in the max preps ratings and lighthouse hasn't even won a game yet lighthouse is right behind cv Mm -hmm. 
at 0 6. So. And that could be another one. You look at you talk about gauntlet schedules. You look at who Lighthouse Christian has played. Uh, you know, they've they've played a, just a who's who of one A eight man football. Um, so it's you're right. It is it is imperfect. It's the system we have to work with. Uh, I think Wilder has a chance to play their way into the conversation. Uh, I think Kamii has a good chance to play their way like firmly into the conversation. But you know, what happens if Clearwater Valley picks up a couple wins? Do they sneak in? Uh, Alan Hutchins and his team up there, they've got some kids who can play up there and they're not, uh, they're not necessarily a fun matchup for a lot of teams. So, you know, so much to be determined. And that's the fun part about, um, you know, having an at-large system is you can look at a team like Lighthouse Christian and their coach can go into that locker room and he can say, look, we are, we're 0 and 5, but if we take care of business, we got a chance to play playoff football. And that's a big incentive. That is that's a big reason for a team to keep coming to work every day, so to speak. Whereas when we talked about with the 182, Clark Fork, you know, they're four and two and essentially done. I mean, they're playing, but you know, they play Kootenai this week. Um, and I don't I I'm not sure if they play next week or not, but maybe they don't. Maybe maybe Kootenai this week is it for them, but you know, five and two and four and two and and pretty much knowing you're done versus zero and five and knowing that you're still in it. And not only you're still in it, you still have a hand in how it turns out for you. If, if lighthouse gets hot and and they've got some players, Clay Silva is a good football player. If they get hot and win a couple ball games, I don't know that that's going to be a super easy night's sleep for the coach that sees them on that on the line against them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but then meanwhile, like we say, Clark Forks, like, you know, Brian Arnton, thanks so much, you know, but you're done. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's tough from a competitive standpoint. For sure. So Lighthouse finishes. They're at Oakley this Friday, win or lose. That probably won't ding their rating too much because Oakley, of course, is the top ranked team. Really uh, and, then, yeah. and, and then they play Glens Ferry in the, in the, regular season finale that could be the winner goes to the playoffs maybe maybe it could and yeah. and you know I'd, I'd have to be privy you know or i'd say we would have to be privy to the formula itself but wow. it very well could be that it, it could be you know the winner of that game is that is that last team in um and you know i i've i had a coach who once told me uh and i've always found this to be very apropos that he'd be, he'd rather be the ugliest kid asked to the dance than the prettiest kid left at home. And, and in a metaphorical standpoint, I agree with that, you know, just get me in the game, just give me a chance to compete. And I think that, um, for approximately 99.9% of high school football teams across America, if, if you told them, you know, let's use the one AD one classification. Okay. Lighthouse Christian, you are one in six, and your reward is you have to go to Oakley on a Friday night. The wind is going to be blowing sideways. It's going to be cold. It's going to be miserable, and you know, win or go home. You know what those Lighthouse Christian kids are going to say, or those Glens Ferry kids are going to say? Hell yeah, sign me up. Let's go play. I agree. You talked about being privy to the max preps formula. You you've got a better chance of finding out what the 11 herbs and spices are in, in the Correct. KFC fried chicken than finding out what goes into that formula. They've got that under lock and key. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I really like, uh, the, the Idaho sports, uh, power rankings. I mean, again, no, 
no mathematical formula where there's not more intersectional play is going to be perfect. But I've always found, generally speaking, the power rankings are pretty, pretty close, pretty accurate to where, uh, you know, they, they generally stay, you know, if, if you were to line up teams by the eye test, you know, and you see a lot of games and I see a lot of games. And if we were just to say, okay, here are the top six teams as we see it. And then go look at the idahosports.com power rankings. You know, three and four might be different or five and six might be flip-flopped, but it's generally pretty close. Yep. It's going to be a lot of fun to, to watch everything unfold this weekend. Before we wrap things up, Will, let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors from the Idaho Division of Public Health. And we'll be right back to wrap it up. The Idaho 8-Man PrepCast on idahosports.com. It's time to start planning for back to school. That's why I got my kids vaccinated for COVID-19. Kids 12 and older can get vaccinated. The vaccines have been researched and tested. They're safe and they work. And I hope everyone will choose to get vaccinated too. All right. Uh, that'll do it for this edition of the Idaho 8-Man PrepCast. Will Henneke, thank you so much for stepping in again. We really appreciate it. No, no problem. It was fun. All right, and we'll have plenty to talk about again next week. Of course, a uh, couple of eight-man broadcasts on IdahoSports.com Friday night. Carrie, Castle Ford, Paul Kingsbury, and Logan Green will have the call for that. We'll also have – I'm jealous. I would like to be there for that one. <laughs> I know. That's going to be a fantastic game. We will also have audio-only broadcasts uh, of Prairie at Genesee on Friday night as well up north. And then Saturday, we will be bringing you video coverage of Lapway as they take on Logos – uh, that will be a six o'clock kickoff on Saturday night. So a lot of eight man action on the uh, IdahoSports.com broadcast schedule. Of course, you yeah, can go to. I know what I'm going to be doing. That's right. Lock yep. it, lock it in for yep. sure. All right. You can always find uh, all the games at the game streams tab on IdahoSports.com. For Will Henneke, I'm Brandon Bainey. Thanks for tuning in to the Idaho eight man prep cast from IdahoSports.com.